We ready to go, T. Willie. Holy cow. All right, folks. I hope we got it. Welcome to Inside Middle Tennessee. We're in a new revamped studio down here at WKRM, WKOM, as there are, I guess they're remodeling the other studio, which we'll hope to be back in there in about another week or two. Mm-hmm. I'm Jim Ross. I'm glad to be back. Uh, still got a little bit of a hoarse voice, but uh, I had a new trailer hitch put in my right knee. <laughs> All right. And uh, yeah, and let me tell you something, Sheila, if, uh, you know this from, it's got a two inch ball on the end of it. Yeah. You know? I try not, to, try not to think about what's in there, but it works well. I don't care what it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it'll do it. We've got a full house, and boy, you know, this is an absolutely gorgeous, uh, I would say it's a, a fall, autumn day. It's, we're still in the middle of summer, but man, I tell you what, there's a little coolness in the air. And it's global a, warming. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. yeah. Well, the global warming right now, Scott, is out uh, off the Atlantic right yeah. now, and it, and it finally blew right past us. Um, let me introduce the players. We've got T. Willie on the board. Thank hey. goodness. Uh, Representative Scott Sapicki. Good morning, everybody. And and he is still standing on his feet after a very tiring <laughs> special session with the legislature. Got Coach James Dickinson. Hey, hey, Coach. Right in the middle of his football team with Whitthorn. We got Sheila Hickman, and we've got Sarah Elizabeth, her twin, in here. There you go. The miniature version. Yeah. <laughs> well, the very, I'll tell you what, folks. The very first thing I really want to do is I want to thank Sarah Elizabeth for taking over the helm while I was out. It was fun. Uh, it was a challenge last week, but it was fun. It's sometimes it can be a challenge all the time. <laughs> it, it, it was very interesting last week because we were in here and we had a, we sat differently, so it was sort of mm-hmm. just combobulating a little bit. We kind of upset the apple cart it a little did, bit, huh? It did, it did, and different intro music and everything, but that's okay. We're back to normal. Different intro music? Yes. Yes. We, we did Charlie Daniels. I, I was not here last week. I had some stuff going on at home, so Coach Mike stepped in, and we did not have the proper cart wall up with our proper intros and IDs and commercials, so uh, Coach improvised, as uh, we do all the time. I was going to say. It was something different. You know, yeah, we've, we've talked about this before, but this whole show is nothing but improvisation. Exactly. Right. That's, all, that's all we do. Thank you. No your schedule feet. of show. There's just, we do what we do. That's right. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of things going on. we got uh, the middle of football. Is, we're on the front end of all that. It's starting yes. up. But we've got the Murray County Fair oh, going yes. on. It, oh, I uh, wonder if anybody went to see those little monkeys. Monkeys last night. I, I forgot know. about the monkeys. I, I, I did see uh, Bill Glidden posted a picture with Knucklehead. Oh, which the, is who? The bull. The bull Knucklehead. Twenty five. Was it twenty five hundred pounds? You can get the kids can get their pictures taken with him. He is extremely docile, but he is huge. <laughs> but Bill had to point out which was him and which was the bull. <laughs> Scott. Scott, just think if he gains if that bull gains a hundred more pounds, he'll be the size of Daniel. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> it was in the it was in the uh, parade last year. Yes, I remember that was a meal day. Do you know? Uh, do you know how many people have uttered those famous words on a bull? Ah, he's docile. Only only one time, probably. Yeah. And then you run from the other end of the field. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Scott's out there with his cattle out there, and and when he sees a cow, and all of a sudden he starts blowing through its nostrils, (laughs) he goes, uh oh. It's time yeah. to go elsewhere. Oh, yes. oh, bulls are really hard to handle sometimes. Yeah. We had Around one, cows. Well, and we had one that... Uh, he was a Charlay bull. And he, we called him Georgia Bull for some reason. 
and and he was so hard to manage and the man came to take him to market and he was so forceful and powerful he jumped out of the truck of the cattle truck over the sides my my daddy said if i'd had a gun i'd have shot him (laughs) (laughs) well tell everybody what a charlet is now charlet is a what Uh, they're white white yeah yeah they're solid white beautiful beautiful cows. you don't see a lot of them up here i don't think do you they're a they're uh, a french breed from dairy cows that they made into uh Beef cows. cows yeah. uh, they're Snow White. Uh, they were very famous for breeding with Black Angus, pr- producing a mousy gray calf. Uh, they ah, probably back in the late nineties, right? Yeah, they were was, very, very yeah, popular. Yeah, this was very. Uh, I don't even. Know I was little. Was. He was still around when I was. Little. And they were very popular because they had put a lot of weight on the calves. But what's happened in our packers? The Packers, their machinery is set up for about 1,100 to a 1,300-pound animal. Charlets would come in at about 1,400 to 1,500, so they'd have to constantly keep adjusting the uh, uh, the machinery, and they ended up docking the feedlots for the Charlets, and so Charlets have been backed off now because they just produce too big. Yeah. Uh, but uh, if you wanted to cross a Charlet with a dairy cow, you would get a pretty decent, large, large-framed uh, cross. Uh, that's know, probably more most people wanted to know right there. That's well, awesome. I, no, I didn't no, know you cool. knew all that. That's cool. No, it is pretty cool. But I would think that, that in the beef industry, the I would think bigger is better. It is to a point. But remember, you, uh, <laughs> 45% of that animal is is bone. Yeah. Yeah. So to get that big of a frame, you got to have bigger bones. So the packers are, playing for, are paying for more bone. Yeah. Yeah. And so the ratio to beef is, isn't profitable enough for them. They would rather just have that 1100 to 1300 pound animal that they can put in the machine and boom, it's, it's all automated. It's pretty much almost all automated except for the saws. But anyway, that's way too much information. <laughs> yeah, but I'll Some just, people might be eating breakfast. Don't talk I mean, if you, <laughs> honestly, if you can stomach it, it's pretty fascinating to watch a packer, a packing plant of how they come in the front and they go out the back in boxes. It's, and they don't waste anything on that animal. Everything is reused. Chicken feed, hog feed, dog, the, the dog food, the yeah. the uh, leather is all. I mean, yeah. semis full of brine and stuff, full of hides, are shipped off to leather factories. It's amazing. <coughs> it's it's very, it's very interesting. They, they don't waste anything. Well, at one time we had a packing houses on the Duck River yes. in Riverside, and you could tell very well when they were uh, getting rid of their waste. Yes. Riverside had a. Not delicious aroma. Yeah. <laughs> it no, was yeah. Just Normally your packing plants are way out in the middle of nowhere. The thing that we struggle with in, in our country is there are five packing plants in our country. Five. Really? Big Thanks. ones. Three of them are controlled by Brazilian companies. Uh, and so that's one of the things we've been working on in the General Assembly is how to incentivize a domestic beef packer setting up shop in Tennessee. Because right now, farmers in Florida and Georgia and South Carolina and Tennessee, Alabama, we have to ship our animals to the feedlots in Texas. Oh, so, so they dock us on our on our beef prices. Whereas if we could have a packer set up here with feedlots here in Tennessee, then we would get a higher premium for our product because it wouldn't have to sit on the truck for so long and you have so, so much shrinkage or death loss. Well, don't put them in Riverside. We're not going to put them in Riverside. <laughs> we, we, we were thinking about halfway up Carter's Creek no. somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> 
There's a place called it's a Hick, Hickman Farm or something. No, it's <laughs> Mocking, Mockingbird Hill Farm. But uh, uh, that's all right. If you pay Sheila and Eddie enough money, by golly, they'll let it go. Oh, we got one of those crazy letters this week uh, from somebody who wanted to buy our property, and they quoted a price which was just insulting. And the, and they said, and we will be there, and we will pay pay all closing costs, and we have your cash in hand. And oh my goodness, those people should be ashamed of carrying on like that. And, and, and that's true. And there's a lot of that going on right now. So if you get one of those in the mail, they are legitimate. They are legitimate offers. But before you take that offer, contact a realtor or an appraiser so that they can tell you exactly what your property's worth so you don't make a mistake and give it away. Well, that's what this would have meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so. and, we, and we have property in Riverside, too, and we often get a picture of our house in Riverside, except it's not our house. It's the one next door. <laughs> <laughs> I told her I could sell her house most any time she got ready to. <laughs> so, so, you, go ahead. Can we change the subject real quick? Sure. It's football. Oh, and people want to talk about football. Oh, we got a lot of football to talk ball. about. Um, last night, Spring Hill pl- uh, played Maplewood, and Spring Hill got on the record of a win. They oh, won. Right. Four, they won forty-one to fourteen. So, congratulations, Raiders, uh, getting that win. Uh, it's been the first time in a long time they got well, Scott Maplewood in the past has been a pretty good program. That's yeah, right. Coach. And so, and then uh, yeah. and then last year, our last week, uh, Spring Hill and Mount Pleasant pretty much played to a standstill. So, mm-hmm. looks like Spring Hill starting to turn the corner a little bit. Are they where they need to be? No, they're not. But uh, at least a victory is a victory, and that makes practice a heck of a lot better the next week. Uh, Columbia Academy will travel to Friendship Christian. Uh, going to be a very, very good football game tonight. We'll see what happens with the uh, with the Bulldogs and Friendship Christian. Two very good football teams. Uh, well, this is this should be another like a Middle Tennessee Christian game we just got played. It might come down to the last possession. So where yeah. is Friendship? Lebanon. 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 Okay. Uh, and then uh, Columbia Central will take on Hunter's Lane. It was supposed to be a road game, but uh, Metro Nashville is turfing all their football fields, and they haven't they haven't completed the process yet. So Columbia Central will be playing at home, folks. So it's a home game for Columbia Central. Don't travel to Hunter's Lane because you'll be watching an empty <laughs> field. And then well, the game. Yeah, go ahead. And then the game of the week, uh, T. Willie is Mount Pleasant hosting Waverly. Very good, yes. very good Waverly football team. Uh, Mount Pleasant will be tested. This is going to be another good football game. Should be a very good football game. Both teams are are well coached and well prepared. Uh, you'll kind of get a barometer of where you are in that in that division because Waverly has traditionally, I think they went ten and nine and one last year uh, when when they played. So they're a very good football team. You guys are going on the air. But five thirty on uh, this station, one hundred one point seven. We will have the pregame, uh, and then we will have the kickoff starting approximately seven o'clock, and that'll all be heard on one hundred one point seven. And then college football, it is here officially. Mm-hmm. We've got games going on everywhere. Um, is is did the Tennessee game stay at Nissan or did it move back to Knoxville? No, it's a, it's, it's Nissan. It's Nissan. Nissan. Because there was something about some rumor where they found a split in the concrete or something like that at Nissan Stadium. Okay, so uh, the Volunteers will kick off their season playing Virginia at Nissan Stadium. 11 o'clock ESPN. 11 o'clock. Uh, and then some other big big games this week uh, in the top 25. Arkansas State will travel to Oklahoma. Uh, Utah defeated Florida. 24-14. It, it wasn't really that close, I no, don't think. I thought, they, I thought Utah was in control the whole game. And their starting quarterback wasn't even starting. Their, their, their Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback. He was still he's still out, banged up. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Uh, Utah State will travel to Iowa. Uh, we talked about Virginia, Tennessee. East Carolina gets to go to the big house and play Michigan. That's not going to end well for, for the Pirates. Uh, Mercer will take on Mississippi. Uh, Portland at Oregon. Buffalo at Wisconsin. Rice at Texas. Tennessee State gets to travel to Notre Dame to the Golden Dome. Not going to work out well for Tennessee State. <laughs> A game you got to watch is Ohio State and Indiana. Ohio State rolling out a new quarterback, and the last time they played in Indiana, Indiana knocked them off. Mm-hmm. So watch out there. They well, should, they in should, this quarterback pretty highly touted? He is, but it, there's a difference of throwing in practice, and there's a difference throwing in game when they're trying to t- uh, t- tear your head off. So, <laughs> But the, the game that has everybody intrigued, and I'm going to talk to Coach about this one, is Colorado travels to TCU. You've got uh, prime time. is coming to prime time. Uh, tomorrow morning at 11 o'clock in the morning, folks, you're going to get to see the Colorado Buffaloes with pretty much, I think, the returning scholarship athletes from the year before is eight. He cleared he cleared clean, the roster. Clean house, didn't he? Got 85 transfer portals came to Colorado offseason. 85. 80. I mean, that is that's, – That's huge. Well – and the problem is, you make a lot of high school coaches mad in Colorado <laughs> because you you let all their, you let all their players go, you know. And, and so now you can't you can't keep a program alive on transfer portal because you don't have time to build chemistry. Yeah. And so we're going to see the grand experiment here. Can can this experiment work? Which could be if it does. Look out, college football. It could be a death knell for college football because then it becomes a free agent market with the, with the name, image, and likeness money. If you, you, you buy your team. And yeah. you can take a 1-11 one in, one in 11 team. And let's say they have a good year and finish with 8-9 wins. You watch how many, how many people start gutting their teams. Yeah, and you watch how many charges kind of come up with people, yeah. with other coaches tampering with other coaches' right. rosters as a result. And, and you're putting – I mean, he's bringing kids from all over the country and, and throwing them into this mix, and you really don't know what you're going to get because, you know, one of the things that coaches, uh, college coaches look at is, are you going to be a problem for me off the field? Because that's how a college coach can get fired real quick. Ask Jeremy Pruitt. Yes. Ask ask some of our, our Tennessee coaches who get fired for doing stuff off the field. Mm-hmm. And so when you're taking all these kids that have been on campus less than you know three four months, you don't know what you're going to get off the field. So well, you said the key word a while ago, chemistry. You know, and I know that we've been in a football big part of a lot. If you don't have chemistry, you don't have it. What you got now is a bunch of individuals. Yeah. A bunch of individuals going to do their thing, and uh, they'll make plays, but at the end of the day, uh, they're going to lose big tomorrow. Yeah, they, they, will, they will make a big play, and then because they don't do what they're told, they will give up a big Sure. So. Hey, just before we take a break, uh, just coach, I understand Withorn had a big game. The other night, yes, yeah, we traveled up up the road to uh, Battle Creek Middle School, and uh, Battle Creek was undefeated. We was undefeated, and we won the game twenty two to six. Great game, great physical game. As a coach, it was a fun game to coach. Uh, the second half was first half was a little bit aggravating, but uh, we was the locker room down six to nothing, and uh, come back out and. We wasn't going to be denied. We scored 22 unanswered points and uh, took care of the Battle Creek Bears. How was the game, Coach? It was in Good. Battle Creek, but Good. the uh, you know I, I scanned around there, uh, looked up in the stands, and it was packed. Fences was packed. Uh, large crowd for middle school game. We uh, we host Mount Pleasant Middle School mm-hmm. at Lindsay Nelson, Nelson Stadium Tuesday night at six o'clock, and uh, we anticipate a humongous crowd. Mount Pleasant's undefeated right now too, and so 
And so we'll, we'll get to battle against them Mount Pleasant Tigers. Tigers takes on the Tigers Tuesday night at 6 o'clock. <laughs> I guarantee a Tiger going to win. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, some Tiger's going to win. Yeah. I'll tell you what, folks, we need to take a break. We'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Who is Caledonia? Well, that's a little more interesting. Monty has an economics background. Daisy and Perry come from the banking world. Gay is an accountant. And Thomas has science and business degrees. Blair was a small business owner. Finally, I'm Becky Price, and I have a background in education. Together, we make up Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated. Member FINRA and SIPC. This is Del Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, Operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charity, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. This is Jumpin' Joe Wiley, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Three, two, one. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. 
American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Here we go. This is Sarah Elizabeth, and you're listening to Inside Middle Tennessee on Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM. I said. We are back with Inside Middle Tennessee, and Sarah Elizabeth has got a history moment kind of thing going on here, and it is the smallest type known to man. I think I'm glad that I'm not the one that has to so eyeball this one. I can say one. it. Mama doesn't think I can see it, but it's fine. Uh-huh. So, do y'all know at one time... We didn't treat the Tennessee State Capitol so well. Oh, oh, bad words. Um, the notion uh, that the building belongs to us all took a different meaning in the late 1800s and early 1900s when it was the largest indoor gathering space in Nashville. Really? I remember when that was. You think yeah. about that. That's after, during... After Reconstruction and at the turn of the century. Which year? the? Um... So, from the 1880s until the 1920s, um, you can read in the newspapers that social events were staged in the Capitol. You know, that doesn't surprise me, but, you know, Sheila, you know this. You know, back then, you didn't have auditoriums and gathering halls. Usually what you had is you had these great big hotels, yeah. and they always had a grand ballroom to the, them. And that's the Bethel where, Hotel would have been ours. But, but every, I mean, I can think of Jackson, Mississippi, Nashville, Tennessee, yeah. the Maxwell House, I think. A lot of them, they all had these. That's where if you, had, if you need to stage a big indoor event, yes. you went to a hotel because they always had the big banquet hall. Yes. Well, the Hermitage Hotel. That's true. Hotel yeah. That's true. So anyway, um, in May of 1883, about 4,000 people attended. Did a dance there, and they had a hard time controlling the crowd. Can you imagine? Four thousand. Four thousand. Good lord! The hall of represent. This is a quote from the National Banner. The hall of the rep of representatives, where arrangements had been made to dance, was so packed it was almost impossible to move. Several attempts were made to persuade all who did not dance to go out in the corridors as to make room for dancing. But these attempts were in vain, and the dancers had to content themselves with dancing in an exceedingly small space in the center of the room. So they've also had, they had political conventions there. Also, the Tennessee Stock Breeders Association had their uh, a meeting there. The American Institute of Architects. Uh, the prohibition workers had meetings and conventions at the Capitol in uh, 1903. Uh, Booker T. Washington spoke at the state Capitol. Wow. Um, and so they're always at the Capitol. There was some kind of concert or lecture or meeting. 
Um, and then there was a library in the state capitol at one time. In, Nash- in 1889, there were three libraries in Nashville that was open to the public, and one of them was in the capitol. All right, that's the beginning of the archives. Yes. Of the, the state Tennessee, archives. Okay. Tennessee state, but John Charlton Moore helped start. Um, another thing that we found out in 1911... A Ford dealership owned by Harlan Major got the okay to drive a Model T from Cedar Street, now known as Martin Luther King Boulevard, up the steps of the Capitol. (laughs) Well, it did have pretty good ground clearance, if you remember those bicycle tires they had on there. (laughs) Before several thousand spectators, the car ascended all 73 steps. Scott, do you walk those 73 steps? Sometimes. Sometimes. It's good, good exercise. (laughs) Yeah. When the automobile reached the Capitol door, someone opened the doors and the major drove the car through the Capitol out the back door. (laughs) That's a big set of doors. Yes, it is. In any case, as this article says, I don't recommend you try that today because the state troopers would not take kindly to that. <laughs> um, and then another thing that happened was a guy named Virginia Daredevil. He was later identified as H.H. Gardner, climbed the state capitol building from the outside. And his venture was underwritten by a soft drink company that did not last very long from Norfolk, Virginia. So, but he like climbed up the Capitol all uh, the way, all the way. Good Lord. So, but I thought that was kind of neat. I saw this was in a, I have to read newspapers throughout the district and, um, I find random things. In them. Oh, that was pretty random. Yeah, this was very, I was like, I'm printing this out. So, um, but uh, today we treat the capital with respect and, and reverence and in a respectful <laughs> manner, maybe, Scott. Do you think so? Some of us do. Some yeah. of us. Yeah. It's a really, I mean, that building is a really cool building if you've never been. It's a beautiful piece of architecture. It's it an awesome piece of architecture. At one time, I was going to write my thesis on the architect. Because the same architect did the Boston Anthenium. Okay. Um, Strickland. Strickland, William Strickland. Um, and there's a lot of statuary around the outside. There's Andrew Jackson, Alvin C. York. And, the Polks are buried And there. James K. Polk and Sarah Polk are buried mm-hmm. there. Um, it's a really cool place. And before all of the skyscrapers that came to Nashville... Um, you could see it, and you still oh, yeah. can, but not as prominent as you once could. Because it is up on a hill, is it not? Yes. No, and a rise. No, yeah. Uphill. And supposedly somebody got that hill in some kind of deal. I should have looked that up. Anyway, he, he got it in some kind of business deal, and then he sold it for practically nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and and it went, and during the American Civil War, it went back and forth. Between the Confederate and the Union. And there's um, a lot of photographs from that time period that shows the the troops encamped on the Capitol property. All right. Now, if they're they're putting 4,000 people in a room, is it the same room where the legislature meets and and just cleared out or – yeah, it says in the in the house in the in the house. If, if they put four thousand people in there, it'd be awful tight. That's well, they said it was tight. And 
I can tell you this. I, I would I would love to have, be able to have gone back in time when um, everybody dressed uh, differently, right? Yes. Yes. Um, and everybody smoked. Oh, right. Oh, yeah. yeah, I forgot about that. And most of the lighting was done by the gasolier, but by, by, by gaslight, right? Uh-huh. So the heat that would give off. I mean, I understand why you would have built it on a hill was to catch the breeze. Oh, on yeah. And, you know, they talk about it when they would open the doors up in the Capitol. The wind would blow, not, not breeze, it would blow to try to move all of the bad air out yeah, yeah. <laughs> right and keep people i mean i know how testy people got we got up there this year and for some reason the ac wasn't working oh dang. and it was miserable in the house it was hot hotter than normal and it was miserable and i couldn't imagine being up there and having no ac yeah but maybe it worked better yeah. you know they designed it to work better and catch the breeze and well if they opened all the windows and opened all the doors mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The- but uh, it's uh you know sometimes i sit there when there's uh you know we're, we're not really doing anything and you just kind of look around and you take in the the architecture so what kind of architecture is it do you know it's got to be Greco. It's Greek Roman. revival, right? Yeah. It's one of the best examples. Of but it. it's 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 very unique, and and mm-hmm. and then the uh, the painting on on the ceiling, and and it's just if you have some time to just go onto the house floor and just sit there, just look look around at all the detail and just take it in, and the clock on the back wall still doesn't work, <laughs> <laughs> and there and there's a story behind that. Oh, really? But, but we'll leave that for another day. Yes, we'll but talk it, about that. Oh, I think but it's correct twice a day, right? <laughs> uh, no, it doesn't move. No, it's uh, correct it's twice cor- a day. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm just saying. But yeah, there's a story behind that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, think, I expect no less out of you, T. Willis. And you won't get any less. <laughs> yeah. but just think of all those people who've gone before you, who've sat in those chairs. Well, you know, and, and when people, when I, give, when I give tours of constituents, when they come up to the Capitol... One of the greatest privileges I have is being able to stand in the well. And the well is where you present a bill from. Yeah. And there's a podium up there. And it's an old, old, old podium. I don't know how long it's been there. But it's, it's nerve-wracking, you know, because you are, you are trying to convince the state of Tennessee, their representatives, that the idea that you bring before them is good for 7 million Tennesseans. That's right. And the corners of the podium where people gra- grab it, the varnish is all taken off down to the bare wood because you're sweating, yeah. And the oh, acid yeah. in your hands eats away the eats away the uh, the varnish and stuff. And then, and I still get goosebumps when I tell this. I get to stand in the same place to present a bill that all the greats of Tennessee have stood before me. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And talk to the people of Tennessee, and it's a, it's a I just it's a privilege. And I, I always have people when they come visit to stand there. And I have them look at what you're looking at. You're looking at the state of Tennessee in yeah. the General Assembly. And then I said, look down at your feet. And I'm like, why? And I said, because you're standing where all the great stood. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a it's a really neat. It's history. Reverent place. And, and that's my, my degree is history. Mm-hmm. And to be able to actually live history oh, that's is, is, a priv- is a privilege that everybody should get to experience. And so we try to make it very very uh, nice for people when they come to visit the Capitol. You know, Scott, to, to that end, I can remember being in Charleston, South Carolina, taking a walking tour, which I would recommend anybody yeah, that I've goes to that. Charleston take the walking tour. Yeah. We went to an old Episcopal church, and I mean is old. And there was a, uh, a kind of an open area within the pews, and they had a, one seat there. And the guy said, go over and sit down. 
I said, okay. I sat down. Nice little chair, had armrests. And you could sit there and look up, and you could see they had a the a preacher or the minister was in an elevated yeah. pulpit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like some of them still kind of do. Yeah, yeah. Brayton Parish has an elevated pulpit. Yeah, elevated pulpit. And the guy looked at me, and he goes, guess who sat there? I go, I don't know. He goes, George Washington and Thomas Jefferson. And I went, whoa! You know, <laughs> yeah. I jumped up, got out of that place. Mm-hmm. But, you know, those two folks, you know, just the, the gravity yes. of it kind of hits you and you just kind of go wow well you read about things right you read yeah. you read about during the during the civil war and the creation of our country and all that and the fights that people had and the revolution revolutionary war and you actually get to go yeah and walk and be in place like gettysburg right yeah. oh yes walking gettysburg and and to, i'm getting goosebumps it's, yeah you, you feel the ghost you just feel, you feel the <laughs> yeah. pain there's a sh- i feel i feel like places like that because there was so much trauma yeah. there there is residual yes it's spirit there. trauma something i you know we went to appomattox courthouse um when i was in college and it was just something well that that just that's pretty heavy too. duty yeah it, it is. is heavy we, we we when we went to hawaii we got to be on the missouri yeah, oh, we've yeah. Done where they signed the end of, of world war ii with the japanese and just to be be where that photo was taken macarthur and everybody yeah. else and just living history yeah. and seeing that this is where it actually happened that millions of people's lives stopped dying and, and how about standing on top of the arizona same thing. Same thing. I mean, yeah. beginning of the end. I mean, it's it, it is history is something, and Tennessee is full of it. Tennessee has do. been interwoven in history. We're, We're smack dab in the middle of the eastern seaboard. Yeah, but you we know. do a very poor job of teaching Tennessee history. Yeah, we do. That is just ridiculous yeah, that that they just get a smattering of Tennessee history, mm-hmm. and and the we are depriving our children of their heritage. One minute. Mm-hmm. And by the way, Texas still owes us. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There'd be no Texas without Tennessee. That's yeah. right. We'll, we'll continually Texas. remind them of all that. Sheila, when I was uh, in eighth grade at Whitthorn, I had Mr. Houston, and we yeah. had uh, a and, semester of Tennessee history. In, of ten, well, civics is what yeah, they call it. Yeah, that's what we had. I had Jane Hughley. I had, a, <laughs> had a, a semester of civics and a semester of Tennessee history, and that civics course put, made such an impression on me. And I still think back to what I learned about elections and the referendum and passing a bill and so on. And I don't think children get that anymore. I don't think they get get the whole idea of the process. We, we've gotten so busy doing something with the computer that we forgot about the real things. Yeah. Well, you know, we need to kind of teach something in school that unifies Americans. That's right. That's part of yeah. our culture. And get, the, and get the kids on. in the hayfield picking up hay bales. That'll that'll build character. That will. I know where they can do that. <laughs> in, in <Yeah>. a <laughs> well, I tell you what, folks. It's time to take a break, and we'll be right back with Inside Middle Tennessee. Caledonian Financial is a full-service family financial planning firm. What we mean by that is we will work with young clients, assisting them with budgeting and Roths, young families with college planning, life and disability insurance, older clients as they bring in 401k rollovers and seek advice for estate and tax planning. And finally, our elderly clients when it comes to the distribution phase of their retirement plan and long-term care options. This is Daisy Cook with Caledonian Financial in historic downtown Columbia. Securities and investment advisory services offered through NBC Securities Incorporated, member FINRA and SIPC.
The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. You'll have to see it to believe it. Whoever said that must have been talking about Talladega. NASCAR Playoffs Weekend at Talladega, September 30th through October 1st. Get your tickets now at talladegasuperspeedway.com. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Elk Kennedy. The old saying is, happy wife, happy life couldn't be more true. Many years ago, my wife, Mary Susan, had major surgery on her back but continued with chronic pain. Doctors were saying invalid, disabled. But then she found the Dr. Gill Center for Back, Neck, and Chronic Pain in Franklin, Tennessee. It has changed our lives. We visited there recently with Dr. Wendy Tui, saw the -the state-of-the-art facilities. Folks, don't take a pill. Call Dr. Gill. Go to callmepainfree.com. You're listening to the best in news, talk, sports, and music on WKOM 101.7 FM in Columbia, Tennessee. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. And we're back with Inside Middle Tennessee, and Sarah Elizabeth has got something here. So I just wanted to give credit where credit is due. This article that I found about Daredevils and Model T's and at the state capitol, Bill Carey is a historian, and he uh, has this wonderful thing 
called Tennessee History for Kids, and it's a nonprofit that helps uh, teachers cover social studies in regards to Tennessee mm-hmm. history. So, um, and he does a wonderful job of digging up Tennessee history and make it fun and interesting for children. Where is he from? I don't know. He's in one of the magazines. He's, like uh, the- he does something in the Duck River Electric magazine. Or the yeah. co-op. Or the yeah. co-op one. He, he's right around here somewhere. He's not very far from us. No. no. He, no. he lives right around here somewhere. Yeah. So um, I see him at the Capitol. Huh. Well, I mean, if he's nearby, get him on sometime. Yeah, I'll try to find yeah, him. Tell him we thank him for his research. Yes. <laughs> there you go. You know, Scott was talking a few minutes ago um, about college football, but, you know, there's one game I didn't hear him mention. And maybe maybe you did. Maybe I just missed it in, in all my brain fog I've got with the surgery. Yes. But it's called um, Roll Tide. It's playing a, a Middle Tennessee uh, team. Oh, that's right. Uh, I didn't get that far. You're right. Yeah, MTSU yeah. goes Ooh, to buddy. Alabama. Um, that, that'll be a payday game for Middle Tennessee State. Um, you know, it's uh, they schedule those. Wisconsin yeah. schedules Buffalo. I mean, most teams coming out the gate, you schedule somebody you can handle, even if you have a bad day. Um, just be careful scheduling those Appalachian states and people like that because they can come up to bite you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, it, it's not a lot of drama this week. Now, there's some big games, uh, LSU and – help me out, guys. Uh, LSU – oh, man, I went blank. You got a computer. <laughs> well, and last night's game was, you know, the Florida – uh, Utah, Utah, Utah. That was yeah. That was you know a really good game. To Florida start State, with. LSU, Florida State. Ooh, yeah. LSU, Florida, Florida State supposed to be a that's uh, right. Supposedly up and coming this L- year. LSU, Florida State, another big game. There's some big games to watch. Most of them are going to be happy for the for the home team, the big teams. You know, it's going to be you get to go out there and watch. Uh, like Virginia is not very good this year. Nope, T- Tennessee should lay just hammer them to look good on TV. But we all care about when they play Georgia, when they play Florida, when they play Bama, when they play LSU. I mean, that's going to determine what kind of team you have. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Special session. You want to talk about it? It was anything. Did anything go on up there? There is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> not enough, but there was some things we, we, we did get done. Um, the Senate basically said they were going to do three bills, and that was it. Three, the governor wanted three, uh, five bills. They passed three of them for the governor. We had about 12 bills on the House floor that we were trying to negotiate that we felt that we needed to pass right now to provide uh, better security, be- better mental health access. There is a, a silver lining to those bills not being run in the Senate, and I'll explain it to everybody. But uh, this coming January, look for a very volatile and interesting General Assembly. Uh, we passed House Bill 7012. It's the safe storage bill. It, ex- it expands the program that, that we can provide free gun safety locks to anybody who wants them. In the state of Tennessee, uh, there's a website you'll be able to go to that'll, that'll be created, and they will get you the. They will tell you who the nearest person is to get your gun safety locks. Also, we permanently eliminated the tax on gun safety storage devices. Your gun safes, you will now be permanent. You don't pay any sales tax on them at all. So, on a thousand dollar safe, you're saving a hundred dollars. Yeah. So we're trying to encourage people that if you do have guns in the house and you don't have a place to store them safely, go out and purchase a gun safe. There's be sales tax free, and you can store them in your house. And some of them have anti-humidity uh, devices in them to keep them from rusting and stuff. So it, it, it's a good deal. Speaking of which, now Scott, on an analogy to that, the uh, sales tax on groceries is still going on. Still right? going on until when? Um, August, September, October. Okay. August, September, October. 
uh, 72-hour reporting period. It requires all entities with obligations to report relevant information that is accessible in the tick system. So when you go for a background check and they, they, they see if you have any wants or warrants or holds, that's called the tick system, T-I-C-S. <laughs> and, there, and it's requiring that everybody has to update that information in real time within 72 hours. So if Sheila Hickman is found guilty of a felony for doing something, the, the, the clerk of the court has 72 hours to get that information in the system because if she goes to buy a gun, she that won't show up in the system until they enter it. Oh. And as a felon, you can't purchase the firearm. Yep. So we, we've required that they got, instead of three days, because business days, you know, it's 72 hours. Um, the human trafficking reporting bill, folks, human trafficking is a scourge so in our in our bite. society. So bad. And everybody needs to be on the lookout. You've seen those videos where they're doing those tests where they have like a child sitting on a park bench with a random stranger and then someone walks up to the kid to see what the person sitting there reacts to them. You need, you need to keep your eyes and ears open for things that don't look right and just be aware of them because yeah. they are snatching killed kids everywhere. And these people that are coming across the border, these young boys and young girls, young boys and young girls are winding up in the sex trades. So you've got to, we got to get this, and we are going to really double down on this coming up in January. You will see a robust collection of bills to lay the hammer down on people engaged in human trafficking. We're not going to tolerate in Tennessee at all. Well, now wasn't the increase in state troopers that we hired? Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's fentanyl, a big reason of it. Fentanyl and human trafficking, and a lot of it's coming out of the border. All coming out of Texas. Surprise, surprise. And so we are finding fentanyl everywhere coming off of trains, buses, everything coming out of Texas. And we're seeing a lot of vehicles coming out of Texas with a lot of minors in them and one adult. Troopers are pulling them over and they're finding out that these are people trafficking kids. Oh, my. So we've got it. We've got, we, we will get rid of this. We're going to stop this because well, we have any, to. And you're right. Anytime you say something that doesn't look like what it ought to be, then tell somebody. Just, just pause. Yeah. Pause and watch. Doesn't pass the smell test. Right. Just, just, right. just pause. You see a kid sitting by himself, that's not normal. No. Especially if you have an adult talking to him. And always go up and ask the kid, do you know who this is? And if they say no, stand in the gap. Yeah. Just stand in the gap and wait. Yeah. Just wait. So, And then we did pass the appropriations bill, and this is where it kind of gets a little wonky here. Uh, we put $1.6 million in the reduction in sales tax permanent elimination of the tax on gun safety. So no more taxes on gun safes. Uh, we put $1.1 million into uh, a firearm safe, safe storage bill, encouraging people to store their firearms safely. It's on you if you want to do it, but we're just going to give you encouragement on how to, how to do it. Um, $10 million into the Department of Education for the purpose of offering school safety grants. Remember the bill I ran with Metro Nashville doesn't want to put them in their schools? Yes. Well, because a charter school is controlled by the local education association, they couldn't get a school resource officer themselves. So we had to figure out a way to bypass that. So we're going to allow charter schools now to directly ask the Department of Education for grant funding for SROs if we have a thing, if we have a problem where the school, the, the local School system doesn't want to put SROs in schools. Well, so that's good. we created a workaround until we come back in January and, and we'll, we'll run the bill I have for that to take care of that problem. $12 million for mental health professionals recruitment and retention bonuses. We need more people get, getting into the mental health and uh, uh, behavioral health uh, uh, fields. And so we're putting a lot of money in there. We're trying to incentivize people to get into those fields. 
three million dollars for uh, a scholarship program for people to uh, to become the, those the, in those trades. A four million in behavioral safety net program for people who are uninsured that I that they say, hey, I have a mental health issue, I want help, but they don't have insurance. That's to help them. The providers get reimbursed for providing that that free care for them. Uh, and then thirty million dollars in education safety grants. Uh, looking to uh, put more money uh, into our public universities and our private universities for 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 campus safety. Uh, that is the thing that in education has us very concerned. Is think about UT Knoxville. Mm-hmm. How do I secure that campus? Uh, you, <laughs> wow. How would you secure MTSU? MT- I mean, University of Wisconsin. Every sixty minutes, there's thirty thousand kids walking around the streets. That's right. Where where would you right. start? And this is the problem. So we're trying to. This is the next problem we got to solve. I think we've done a very good job in our K through twelve schools. Uh, and then um, you're going to see a plan. I got time. For, I think I got time for this, Willie. Sure. Uh, so you're going to see a three prong approach to our schools. We put all the money in there for locks, for cameras, for bullet resistant tape, all kinds of school safety. Right, making the schools safe as a building. We, we put 140 million dollars in the SRO officers. Those are law enforcement police officers who work in the schools to provide safety for the kids. Trained. But they do so much more, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So oh much my more. gosh. They and then so uh, Tim Rudd has a bill that we ran this year, but the Senate would, or this session, but the Senate would, wouldn't do it. We're going to do it in the spring. Allows honorably discharged veterans and retired law enforcement to go through the post-certification training, to go through the active shooter training, to go to the mental health evaluations, the range certifications, get all the training except the law enforcement part as an SRO to be able to be hired by the districts who can't find SROs to fill the, to fill the gap there until we can get all these officers in there as school safety officers armed. Mm-hmm. Training, certified, we know who they are. The third tier of it, the third, the third leg of our stool, which is it's kind of an analogy there, is we are going to allow uh, our teachers, our administrators, our principals to carry, but they have to go through the same training as the school safety officers except for the law enforcement. So they got to go through the background checks, the mental evaluations, the post-certification training, the active shooter training. They have to be authorized by Sheriff Rowland to carry in the schools. And the superintendent must know who they are. And so we're trying to create a three-prong approach. There's lots of checks and balances there. Three, three-prong approach to make sure that we have well-qualified, well-trained people there that can handle a crisis situation if it erupts in one of our schools to repel somebody who's trying to gain entry to our schools to do our kids harm. That's the society we live in right now, folks. Mm-hmm. And we have to be careful. We just can't let anybody walk into our schools with a gun. No, we got to be very careful with that. And so, um, anyway, that's that's what we did in the special session. The good thing is the twelve bills that we ran that the Senate did not run, the Senate agreed to already fund. Oh, so well, the that money was nice. is there, ready to go. So when we run those bills, like my bill for the for the memorandum of understanding between the the, the sheriff and stuff. All those 12 bills that we ran that passed the House, when we rerun them in the springtime, we don't have to find the money for them. Okay. It's already in the budget. So well, that's 12, good. So there's 12 more things we're going to be able to do that will make uh, people have greater access to mental health. And we're not playing anymore. These gangs that recruit these young kids to do their stealing of the guns and commit crimes, 
we're going to tell these kids you will be adjudicated as an adult. If you commit a crime with a gun, a capital crime with a gun, you will be adjudicated as an adult. And we're not playing anymore. So if Memphis is, we're broadcasting to Memphis, we're putting you on notice. Stop it. We're, we're not, we're, we're just, it's got to stop. Stop using these kids. And it comes down to this, Sheila, getting these kids educated. Oh, well, People we, who are educated make better decisions in life. Yes, they do. And, and we, we really, backing up to what we were talking about, Tennessee history and civics, those things will make better citizens. Yes. American history. You, you've got to know where you came from and how we got here and all the wonderful people who have certainly made mistakes, but they did a great deal of things correctly. That's correct. Else we would not still be thriving as a country. And I, I do think that, that the students are missing that. I think we've gotten mm-hmm. off on too many um, tangents. Yes, say it. And you know. all this artificial intelligence, that's not, I understand what that is, but that's not real intelligence. No. <laughs> so, and that's people ask me all the time why I'm so gung ho on education for these kids. And I'm like, education doesn't guarantee success, but boy, it creates an opportunity for it. Absolutely. And, and options so you don't have to result to crime yeah. to feed yourself. Yeah. And so we've got it. We've got to double down on this education, folks. We're going to keep pushing this back to the basics, back to the fundamentals, giving our teachers more time to do the job, and we will get better results. We're hoping for better days. It's coming. <laughs> it's coming. We'll have one. So, Willie, yes, we'll Willie what time is football tonight? Football tonight, uh, we will be at Mount Pleasant starting at 5.30 on this station with the pregame and then 7 o'clock kickoff. And also 103.7 Columbia Central tonight uh, will be hosting Hunter's Lane. Uh, tomorrow, Tennessee Vols kickoff. Uh, they have very uh. early... Very early pregame start at 9 in the morning. Uh, kickoff is at 11. Alabama football will be on at 3, and uh, they go kick off at 6.30. And then Atlanta Braves on Sunday, who Atlanta Braves are amazing, if you've had a chance to watch them. Nash, uh, the Cup Series and uh, NASCAR will be at 4 o'clock from Darlington on Sunday as well on 101.7. T. Willie, Al- uh, Atlanta is absolutely wearing out the major leagues right they, now, isn't it? They are. They they broke their record for home runs uh, in a season, I think two, 250, I think. Uh, they've got. I love you, but it's football time in Tennessee. It's buddy. football time in Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball is yes, just a placeholder is. until college football that's starts. True. That's true. Yeah, that's true. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows that's true. Yeah, it yeah. is the way it is. All right, folks, we got the music starting. It's been a great week. Uh, y'all get out to the games tonight and uh, support we, the kids. Yeah. Oh, it's first Friday too. I forgot all about that. Yeah, so go downtown. Yeah, go downtown. <laughs> and we're off the air Monday for a holiday. Oh, That's right. Yeah. yeah. Everybody, uh, be careful during laborious day on, on, <laughs> on Monday. And I, and I promise. You-